the understanding is God is in us, you know. He abides within us, and we are in him, and he is in us, and we are grateful for that relationship. Well, we are continuing our COVID <laughs> um, services, and they're uh, brief services, and we have our offering plates around. Uh, if you are, would like to make a contribution, uh, write out your tech check to Winber Assembly, Box 361, Winber, PA. It would be greatly appreciated. The message that I have today is, what does fear offer? <laughs> what does fear offer? They would say, oh, well, you mean there's, there's something good about fear? Not necessarily. But you would think by some of the, some of the movies, you know, I, I don't like scary movies, you know, but, you know, going all the way back to Dracula and, you know, uh, what was the guy who was, you know, put together from parts and so on, uh, Frankenstein, you know, you go back to all those old movies and then you come up to the newer ones, uh, you know, I don't know many of them, I don't pay attention to them, but uh, that one that comes across is um, the guy with the chainsaw and, you know, the baby doll, I mean, you know, just crazy stuff. Uh, I looked on the internet and the freaks haunted dark web animal. <laughs> you know, why do, why do things like this, why does fear seem to be something that people want to receive? I, I think of one of the ladies I knew that worked with, uh, we worked with in, in the hospitals. You know, she was a, um, an employee, and she loved all these horror movies. And it's like, all right, well, somebody must get something out of them because they keep making them. But we think of the definition of fear is that it is an unpleasant experience. <laughs> it is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, and it is likely to cause us pain. You know, so it's like it's not something that I want to be attracted to. Uh, the noun is fear, dread, fright, alarm, panic, terror, painful agitation in the presence or anticipation of danger. It's just exciting, isn't it? <laughs> not to me. But so what does fear have to offer? So when I, I think of that, I, I often go in the opposite direction, that fear doesn't have anything to offer. In fact, fear about our life and being afraid about making decisions and where we're going and things like that only become crippling to us. Um, according to survey, some of the most common fears are of demons and ghosts, the existence of evil powers, it's interesting that the, the first ones of these uh, categories has to do with spiritual entities. Now, we don't have people seeking God, but we have people afraid of the opposite. You know, they don't want to believe in Jesus Christ, but they, they, they're, they're afraid of the other side and need to be, of course. Um, the other things are cockroaches, spiders, snakes, fear of heights. <laughs> I saw, uh, was at a checkout, and the lady that was checking us out, she had a spider tattooed to her arm. It's like, okay, uh, I would like to know the history behind that. Just imagine that crawling up your arm at night. Um, uh, snakes and fear of heights, fear of water, fear of enclosed spaces, tunnels, bridges, needles, social rejection, failure, fear of examination, <laughs> public speaking. It's no wonder I have a hard time getting people up here when I'm not around, you know. It's a fear of public speaking. Thank you. 
thank you <laughs> for coming and being uh, up in front of everybody when I'm not here. But I think the root cause of fear is that basically it's a fear, the, the ones about public speaking and so on, uh, is a fear of making a mistake. Now, I, I, don't, I don't think of it in the context of uh, the demons and ghosts and the existence of evil powers, that's entirely different. That's not, a, that's not a fear of making a mistake. That's a fear of the spiritual realm. And there are two spiritual realms, good and evil. God and devil, demons, fallen angels. So there's two spiritual realms, and we have the Holy Spirit and Jesus and, and the angels of the Lord and the Word of God and all that on, on, on one side, and we have the powers of evil on the other. So that's a different, different series of, of messages. But So what does fear have to offer? Well, I think when fear takes on the idea of spiritual pitfalls, where we are afraid to make spiritual decisions, that the, the decisions that would be disappointed, God would be disappointed with us if we went on with those decisions. I think um, sometimes whenever we're tempted, um, you know, it's like knowing something is wrong and you continue to go in that direction, it's like this fear comes over you. You don't go any further. <laughs> don't go any further. I remember whenever... Um, I was in college, not Bible school or the, uh, seminary, but I was, I was in college. I had this dream one night, and uh, it, 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 it spooked me, all right. I was laying in bed, and, you know, I was sleeping, you know, doing my thing, and I had this dream that the devil was chasing me and that I ran up to the, to the, the walls of heaven, and I couldn't find the door, <laughs> and the devil was behind me. Uh, that kind of shook me up. I don't think that went into a movie or came from a movie. But just the idea that there is the, the temptation before us to wander off or to become complacent with our relationship with Jesus is something that we need to be aware of. Not, well, we need to fear the idea of losing out with God. We, uh, for me, I think one of my greatest fear would be to disappoint God that God would be disappointed with us, that somehow we have failed him in what we, were, what we are supposed to do. And so it, it, it's always that thing of, it's not a matter of making mistakes, it's a matter of not doing what we need to do at the appropriate time to continue our walk with God and continue to evangelize and continue to reach people that are not here in the, in the pew or not going to church or haven't received Jesus Christ. So... There is, there is this fear of not doing our, the complete will of God to the best of our ability. But um, fear will cause us to buckle under. Uh, I, 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 if you've ever lifted something very heavy and uh, your knees give out, and that's being buckled under by the weight, you know, and, you just, and you crumble. Uh, I've only ever had that happen maybe once or twice, but it is a very, um, <laughs> it's a very frightening sense that somehow you no longer have the strength to carry that, that load. And in our life, whenever fear comes and causes us to buckle under, we are settling for less than God's best. See, 
fear has a way of kind of maybe not robbing us completely, but diminishing our strength over a period of time. Jesus said the little foxes spoil the vine. And uh, the idea that the little foxes chew at the, at the roots and strip off the bark and cause the, the vine to, to, to die. Fear will cause us to disobey God by diluting the truth. Hath God really said? That's what happened in the Garden of Eden, that Satan came to uh, Eve and says, Well, hath God really said this? You know, questioning the authority of God's word that he has already placed in our lives. Fear will rob us of our peace with God. <laughs> so uh, I have a number of scriptures that perhaps we can look at that will, um, we can use to keep us from falling into or allowing this fear trap to, uh, to get a hold of us. The first is Deuteronomy 31.8. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. <laughs> so the first thing we need to always remind ourselves of is God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. In the, in the New Testament, talks about that Jesus says that he, he will never abandon us. He will never leave us an orphan. <laughs> that he will be there always. Do not be discouraged. <clears throat> discourage is something when fear has been eaten away. <laughs> so when you're fearing a situation or an emotional challenge, we need to do this very one thing, envision God speaking his word to us. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Envision God speaking that word to us, and he is. We just sometimes read over it, but we need to stop we need to think about it. We need to allow that to just infiltrate our hearts and minds. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You see, God is on our side, or better yet, we're on God's side. And no matter who leaves, no matter um, what promises people have made and and walked away from, no matter what challenges have come to our life, God will never turn on you. He will never abandon you. Another scripture I, I thought of was in our Bible studies on the book of Revelation. He says, uh, here is the message from God. Here is the message from the one who is holy and true. The one who holds the key of David. When he opens something, it cannot be closed. And when he closes something, it cannot be opened. Do not fear closed doors. Do not fear open doors. <laughs> I know what you do. This is verse 8. It says, I have, you, I have put before you an open door that no one can close. I know you are weak, but you have followed my teachings you were not afraid to speak my name. See, it, it isn't that suddenly weakness or everything just falls off and we're just this wonderful, overconfident individual that can face life and go on doing things like there was never a problem in the first place. <laughs> no, that's not what it means. It means that, that no matter where we are at, 
in our life, no matter the obstacle, there is still the process of going through the, the situation and using and developing who we are as we, as, we, as we carry on. So some of our lowest points become some of our most monumental times of seeking after the Lord. Burn in my heart, O God, that you are here and you will never leave me nor forsake me. Fear causes us, and I was mentioning this earlier in our Sunday school lesson, we're facing an event, okay? God knows the end from the beginning. So whenever we're like studying the book of Revelation, we see how John was taken in the spirit to a time and place beyond where we're at now, to the end of time, and he wrote about it. And that's how, you know, and we see those things in the book of Revelation. Well, faith is saying to us that we can look beyond the difficulty and look from the future back at it. How is God, God has promised that he will never leave us. So after we go through the problem, we can look back at the problem. <laughs> and so my faith tells me God has it all worked out over here. I just need to get there. So my faith tells me God will never leave me nor forsake me. So he will take me through this difficulty. So I, in my faith, God is taking me through. So, okay, God, on the other side where you are and you're on this side, help me have directions and peace and your word to help me walk through this experience. The second text is Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, I, I really like this, this translation. It says, in all things, God works for good. Doesn't say that God is the initiator of all things. Some things the devil initiates. Some things we initiate. And some things God initiates. But no matter who initiates it, God says to us that and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. You see, we have a divine purpose that God has called us to. And so as we are going through life, we are going to experience things that, uh, well, just are, are, you know, wish we hadn't had to face them, you know, you know. So much of our fears are based on wrong assumptions. You know, the assumption that we've made a mess or that we've, we made a wrong decision. Some people say, well, I'm paying for what I did as a, you know, years ago. You know, I'm paying for it now, and God's making me pay for it. And don't, don't, don't give credit to the, the fear or the problem. Allow God to work through you. Remember this, and, and when, when God says that we are cleansed from our sin, it's not just a declaration that says, Jesus says to us, you are cleansed. No, he says to us that the blood of Jesus Christ washes us of our sins, and then the word says you are cleansed. You're free from your sin. 
So it isn't like you're free from your sin and yet you keep it in your head and it's, it's somewhere in the, in the soul and it's, you know, bound to pop up one, again. No, God cleanses us. We are washed completely and then we are declared clean. So it's important for us to know that the fears that we face didn't come from God. They generally come from a wrong assumption. Uh, Zig Ziglar, I think it is, says that fear is a false evidence appearing real. You know, 90% of the things we fear will never come to pass. So we must remember that God specializes in fixing the mistakes. <laughs> um, I think of the uh, prodigal son. You know, he wanted, he wanted his inheritance. You know, and it was a, it was a, it was a big um, uh, no-no, a big uh, break with tradition. He wanted his inheritance before his dad died. <laughs> I want my inheritance, Dad. I don't want to wait till you're dead. I want it now. So he gets his inheritance, and what does he do? He runs off to a far country, and he's, you know, he's got a, quite a bit of money. He's wealthy. And he throws parties after parties, and next thing he knows, all of his money's gone, and the, all of the friends that came to the parties aren't his friends anymore, and he has nothing, he has no money, he has no place to live, and so he's going to die from starvation or whatever, and so he joins himself to a farmer who's raising pigs, and he lives and eats with the pigs. See, the challenge is that the pigs were worth more money than he was. And so he comes to himself. He says, you know what? The servants in my father's house are treated better than this. I want to go back home. And on his way home, you know, he has, he has a change of heart. He says, when he comes to himself. You see, in our life, sometimes there's a need for us to come to the place where, you know, we meet, we, we, we meet us. <laughs> that what I'm doing and how I'm living is not the way that God wants me to. So I need to be forgiven, and I need to begin again. I need to start over again. I need to renew my relationship with Christ. I need to keep going in my relationship with Christ. Don't be afraid. You know, during this COVID crisis, you know, there's a lot of fear, you know, and people have different ways of, of, of facing this, uh, this disease, this sickness. We were at a store yesterday and walking in, and the guy walked in front of, who was in front of us, the lady there says, well, you need a mask. And he says, no, I don't need a mask. I choose not to wear one. Okay, everybody has a right to choose. But in the sense, wearing a mask is not being afraid. This is just my opinion of it. Wearing a mask isn't being afraid. Wearing a mask is being cautious. That I, if I am ill, I'm not giving it to someone else. And if someone else is ill, I'm kind of protecting myself from those particles entering into my system. So it isn't being, if, um, stating that we're not afraid isn't uh, not wearing a mask. You know, I'm, I'm not afraid, I can, you know, that, I, I, you know, that's your thing, you know, that's your thing. But my fear is not, I think of some people, their fear, they're, they're afraid to go out of the house. They're afraid to 
do anything because I'm going to get this disease. Well, you know what? We may get it. I'm not going to say you're not going to get it. But the challenge is to take the precautions. Take precautions. And, and do what you feel is right, but also take the precautions in taking care of yourself. Well, in our, in our understanding of our walk with God, we are, we are to know that God is watching over us and God will be with us in the crises. And if we get the disease, God will be with us. You know, and if we die, we will be with God. But more than likely, we will get well and we will move on. You know, so that's enough of the crises. <laughs> A little time out there for... Uh, for some COVID news. <laughs> so the prodigal son, he decides to return home. And it's, this, is, this story is very important because Jesus is the one telling the story. Jesus is the one letting us know. He's giving us the story of the father looking out for those who have run off. Sinners, people who have left God behind. And the father runs out, runs down the road. He's watching for his son to come home. And he runs down the road and he puts, calls for his servants to put the robe on him and kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. Put a ring on his hand. Give him the power that he, that he needs as, as a true son. Well, God forgives. We must allow him. We must come to ourselves and know that God is with us. He will never forsake us. We need to combat fear by believing that God will turn our situation around for the good because he has a wonderful purpose. He has a purpose for our life and the experience of learning what, what we need to, to learn going through these difficulties. Isaiah 43, the third scripture. Don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God actually commands us, do not be afraid. Did you know the, word, the words fear not are used over 80 times in the scriptures? 80 times God speaks about us not being afraid. Because he knows when we look at things, you know, I always think of the, in the book of Joshua, you know, the first chapter, God is telling Joshua over and over again, don't be afraid. You know, he's take, Joshua's taking over for Moses. I mean, you know, what, what, can somebody else follow Moses? <laughs> and Joshua's taking over leading the children of Israel and has the, the, the promised land before him. It is a land of promise, but he can't be afraid or he won't go and possess what is actually his. Fear oftentimes is to hold us captive. Fear is a jail cell without any windows. And the walls are our imagination that hold us captive. You know, there was a prison once where 
it was down in, I don't know, in Central America, South America, somewhere. And these, the, the prisoners, you know, they were not allowed within five feet of the walls. You know, they had whatever. And they had the, the walls were made out of paper mache. <laughs> and they completely fooled the prisoners into believing that they were real walls. And they weren't allowed to touch it, of course. But the, the prison was, the people were held prisoner by paper mache because uh, of what they were told and what they saw, but not actually what was. In our lives, sometimes we are held prisoner by our imagination that these walls are real, but they're just walls that we haven't touched or, or encountered. You see, we belong to an all-powerful, all-knowing, victorious Father who cares deeply for us. So when we really meditate on this truth, don't fear. I have redeemed you. I've purchased you out of sin and out of the grip of fear. Fear has the indication is that, that we are to be punished. You know, our life is not a punishment. Our life is an opportunity. We need to focus on Jesus and how he considers us his prize. I, I like the phrase, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Right, Luke? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus himself expressed agony of soul. When Jesus was in the garden... Uh, I remember someone was reading somewhere where an individual said that Jesus was afraid. And as soon as I read that, I, I, I disagreed with it. Jesus was in the garden, and he, wa and he was sweat great drops of blood. He had agony of soul. Not because he was afraid, but because of the events that were yet to take place. The whippings, the beating, the, the crown of thorns... The, the crucifixion, the, the death, the separation from the Father, you know, all of the, the agony of soul. And he even says, Father, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. But if not, you know, thy will be done. And so being not afraid, having fear out of our life does not stop us from agony of soul. <laughs> there, there is sometimes agony with surgery, <laughs> You know, with my back surgeries and, and other things. You know, there is, there's an understanding that you are safe, but there is also a recovery time. There is, also, uh, there is also times in which we have to go through the pain, the agony of, of soul, the agony of, of recovery. So the, in our challenge is that whenever we are at peace with ourselves and God and not afraid, doesn't mean there isn't difficulties to go through. It's just that we are not afraid to go through them. We know that God is with us and he will see us through. 1 John 4.8, the fourth scripture. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears has not been made perfect in love. So to know God is to know love. To know that he loves me. 
that he, he forgives me of my sin, he washes me, keeps me, you know, I am made clean, I am forgiven, my name is in his book of life. And because there is no fear does not mean there will be no pain. <laughs> that God is watching over us and he will keep us and that the fear of punishment is not there. I'm not being punished. <laughs> you know? I think Rhonda thinks that sometimes when she has to live with me. What did I do that God has punished me with this guy? <laughs> you know? I won't go any further with that one. But anyhow... He loves us while we were yet sinners. He forgives us. And to be forgiven is to know how much he loves us. To read the word and see Jesus is to know that there is love. To hear and read the promises is to know that God loves us. And the closer we come to him, the less we are afraid and the less power fear has over us. You see, God's love will not make room for fear. God's love will not make room for fear. Fear tries to rob us of trust that somehow things are not going to work out. The key is abiding in God's love and living like God is here with us, and he is. The positive impact of God in us brings hope and a balance to our lives, and the balance in our lives brings balance to the lives of those around us. The fifth scripture is Psalm 18. David says, I love you, Lord God, and you make me strong. Verse 2 is the main text. You are my rock, my fortress, my protector, the rock where I am safe, my shield, my powerful weapon, and a place of shelter. A rock is that which cannot be moved by any who, who would try to harm us. Fortress is a place of safety where the enemy can't get in. A shield is that which comes between us and harm. Faith, the shield of faith, that God is with me. God will protect me. A horn of salvation is a symbol of might and power. Stronghold is, a high, is high above the enemy that they have to fight uphill. God, you are my powerful weapon. So we see all of these things that the Lord is with us, and, we, and God speaks these words over us and causes us to allow the fear to go away. For David, for David, this meant sitting in a cave and praying that this experienced army uh, of Saul will overlook coming into the cave where he is hiding. We weren't saved and redeemed only to limp through life, riddled with fear and anxiety. So on the scale of what we've spoken about, we have fear on one side, and on the other side, we have love and faith. God will never leave you. In all things, God is at work for our good. God has redeemed you and called us by name. We are his. Perfect love makes no room for any kind of fear. 
God is my rock, my fortress, my shield, my stronghold, my horn of salvation. So on one side we have fear, on the other side we have all of these things that God has promised us. And what good does it do? What good is it unless we're like Peter? John 21, 6. So he told them, let your net down on the right side of your boat and you will catch some fish. <laughs> so here is Peter fishing all night, this experienced fisherman throwing his net out all night and he can't catch anything. And he's toiled and he's labored for hours and you know he's coming in from a, from a <laughs> frightful, fretful night of catching nothing, and there's this guy on the shore says, throw your net out on the other side. <laughs> Don't you think that's kind of funny? <laughs> you were throwing the net on the wrong side of the boat. That's what's wrong. <laughs> and, you know, the voice from the shore says, throw your net out on the other side of the boat, on the right side of the boat. And Peter throws his net out on the right side of the boat. And he catches so, much, so many fish that they, can har they can't hardly bring it in. They have to drag it into shore. What it means is, throw your net out one more time. Don't allow fear to keep you where you are at. Allow your faith in what God has spoken to you to throw the net out one more time to give yourself the opportunity to be blessed again. Give yourself the opportunity to have again what God wants for you. Throw your net out one more time. Well, I've tried so many times. I've worked so hard and nothing has ever happened. Throw your net out again. <laughs> you see, fear of failure <laughs> is, needs to be overcome by the faith of success, that God will see us through, and that on the other side of the event, God looking back at us is telling, you can do this, because I already know what's going to happen, and I want you to believe that you can accomplish this. So have faith in my word, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, and guide you through the agony the difficulty of the, diff of, the, of the problem, and you will come out the other side. You know, the Garden of Gethsemane was a place of agony, not a place of fear. For the joy that was set before Christ, he endured the cross. And because we have no fear does not mean we will not have agony. But God will see us through. He will take care of us. He will give us the victory. He speaks to our heart in the garden before the event. Jesus defeated the cross in the garden. Not on the cross. He defeated it before he got there. And so we people, with people who have fear, are defeated before the event begins. People who have faith and belief in God know that there may be difficulties ahead, but they can make it through. They can go to the other side because God is already on the other side and he says, I know the outcome. Trust me. Move forward. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you that you have heard our, 
our voice. You've heard our thoughts. God, you know how many times we've tried things and failed. But Lord, you speak to us like you spoke to Peter. Throw out the net on the right side. Throw the net out again. And so, Lord, we cast our net out upon the byways of, of our life and, Lord, of our broadcasts and of our community. And God, we pray that you will pull people in to accept you as Savior, to know that you, O oh God, by the blood of Jesus Christ, wash them from their sins. And that, God, you declare by the washing of our sins that we are forgiven. We are made whole. We are your child. We thank you for forgiving us. God, now we thank you for leading us through the difficulties, giving us strength and wisdom, peace and understanding, that as we walk forward into our future, knowing that you are with us, God, you are with us now. You are with us through the difficulties tomorrow. You are with us beyond the difficulties in eternity. Be with us now, Lord, we pray. Give us strength for our actions and our, our thoughts and our prayers. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.